Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Monday, June 26th, 2023. It's about 10 o'clock in the morning here on the East Coast of the United States. Ray McGovern joins us now for his, what is now the opening episode of Judging Freedom every week, Monday mornings with Ray. All right, this were a radio show, we might call it Monday mornings with Ray. Ray, uh, always a pleasure. Uh, Welcome back to the show. So everyone wants to know, from the uh, perspective of a uh, career uh, person uh, with the Central Intelligence Agency, from your perspective, from your extraordinary knowledge of Russian uh, government, culture, and language, what happened over the weekend? There is a, a arrow in the quiver of intelligence agencies worldwide, uh, Russian and U.S. as well. And that that arrow is to play on melagomania, to play on uh, on sharp disagreements and sharp disappointments of people who have aspirations for grandeur. That defines Prigozhin, in my view. He got too big for his pants. He did something really ridiculous without any real expectation of getting the support he needed. He's a little bit deranged, and don't take my word for it. Just look at some of the videos he's done over the past three weeks. Uh, The main question that people ask me is, were Western intelligence services involved? You know, the honest answer is, I don't know. But one of the most circumstantial pieces of evidence that I would adduce is the certain knowledge that the Gang of Eight, that is, the the people in the House of Representatives and and the Senate and our government were briefed on this on Wednesday. Now, (laughs) Wednesday, it didn't happen until Friday, right? Okay, right. So let me me stop you for just a minute. You're, you're, as usual, so far ahead. So the Gang of Eight is the Congress within the Congress. It's the leadership of the House and the leadership of the Senate. It's the leadership and minority in both. It's the leadership and minority in both intelligence committees. And the laws require major intel or military events 
to be revealed to them in secret. They can't tell the rest of Congress and they can't tell their constituents. These are the people, I didn't know this till you just mentioned it, Ray. Great, great get. These are the people who were briefed on Wednesday. Now take it from there. Well, the only thing that I would uh, pick uh, something with what you just said, Judge, is that it's not just events that they need to be briefed on. They need to be briefed on covert action. Right. Okay, that's by law, as you know better than anyone else. So (laughs) it doesn't really matter what McGovern knows from watching CNN of all things over the weekend and, and reading Julian Barnes and, and David Sanger in the New York Times, it doesn't matter that McGovern has been briefed now that this was briefed to the gang of, of eight, the recipient by law of any covert action plans. What matters is that Putin knows that too. You know, he's pretty well briefed. You know? And so whether or not uh, there is Western intelligence involvement, and I suspect there is, but suspicions aren't really worth much, the circumstantial evidence. And I would use this one piece of evidence as pretty much pretty conclusive that at least Putin and his generals and his advisors are convinced that there was some role played. And we know that Prigozhin has had contacts with Ukrainian intelligence and also U.S. intelligence over the years. Now, whether his contacts with these foreign intelligence services gave him a a nihil opstat, you know, sort of a, okay, no problem, go ahead, try it, (laughs) or not, it's really hard for me to believe. But there's enough in his own personality and his feeling of having been dissed after all his successes, and they were appreciable successes, appreciated by the Russian people themselves, being dissed and dissolving his his Wagner group, right? And having them sign up under his arch rival, uh, uh, Secretary or Foreign Defense Secretary uh, Shoigu. So, you know, it was a blow to him personally. And, you know, um, people do crazy things when they think they might have a, a, a resonance within Russia. He did have that resonance. And I would just add this one thing. There was no Western reporting from Rostov and Don. That's where all the action was. Patrick Lancaster, a almost amateur photographer and videographer and reporter who has reported for the last eight years from Donbass, from Donetsk and Lugansk, <laughs> got in a car, drove to Rostov just as people were rejoicing. And he admits this really set me aback. What people are rejoicing with? They just got word that there was going to be no bloodshed, that there was a deal, and that Wagner was leaving. Wow. So there was great applause. There was great enthusiasm for these guys. And the question was, because they liked, because they liked the, the fact there was an insurrection? I don't think so. Lancaster says himself that he got there late, okay? He got there after the word was passed. No conflict, no blood. Uh, these guys are going back to their base, and uh, the, the crisis is over. Now, there's a residue. People were killed, okay? Uh, some 20 helicopter pilots and crew were killed. And that comes, that, that comes to the fore when people like this, this uh, fire-eating general uh, in the Duma 
goes on Solovyov's show and says, we ought to put a bullet right to Prigozhin's head. Two bullets, maybe, okay? Now, tempering that is uh, Simon Yan, the head of RT, who is also on Solovyov, and she says, this was a pretty artful move. Sure, it was treason, and, you know, the, the laws say this, but the supreme law is to avoid a civil war. Remember, right. 10 million people died between 1917 and 1921 in that awful civil war. We avoided that. My hat's off to President Putin. Now, it's no, no we have, surprise uh, that she would say that. We have some clips from uh, Patrick uh, Lancaster. Oh, good, we actually have good. three. We're going to run them back to back to back. I'm going to for the benefit of our friends that are uh, just have this on audio, I'm going to do my best because some of it moves pretty quickly uh, to read uh, the subtitles. But this will give you a flavor uh, for what Patrick, who sometimes comes on the show, we hope to get him uh, in the oh, next good. 48 hours. Um, this will give you a flavor for what he saw uh, in the streets. Now, where before we, we get to it, where is this taken? It's in Rostov and Don. It's oh. uh, you know just over the border from Ukraine. It's it's the city that uh, that Prigozhin's troops took over peacefully, and that raises the question as to whether there were people inside the military in Rostov that were willing to accept him peacefully and not shoot him up. Got it. Okay, Gary, you can run those clips. We pray for you. Thank you. We are with you. How was the result for today? What? How was the result for today? What's next? No, the result. Oh, the result is normal. Normal? We energize them all. Good luck. Take care. Take care. What do you think about the Wagner? They are nice guys. Really? Yes. We were not afraid at all. We are people of the same blood. What is the situation? Super. Great. Top level. No problems today? No problem. Can you tell us, you know, there is no conflict. Everything is great. We love our president. You were just kidding, perhaps, to just pick us up. Our president is the best one. We love Wagner and our defense minister. Wagner is the strongest assault group in the world. Was I afraid? No. What is the situation? Effing great. Really good. What are you going to do now? Work, work. Really? Keep working. Guys, you are great. This is also a victory. No matter who says what, we will win. So by noon, we were terrorists, and in the afternoon, we are great guys. Come on, you know yourself. I think that's uh, pretty telling. Well, the last statement from one of the troops. Uh, at noon, we were terrorists. By the end of the day, we were great guys. He could have He could have substituted terrorists for traitors, and he would have made the same point. Yeah, it's really more remarkable, isn't it? Um, I would cite the early remarks. Um, these people who have this devotion to Prigozhin, I mean, let's face it, he's got his own PR machine, and that has been very effective in those parts of, of Russia that are closest to Ukraine. 
Uh, the woman, Moyimsa, Moyimsa, we are praying for you. We are praying for you. And then the result. What's the result? <laughs> it's a typical Richard expression. Everything is normal. No problem. <laughs> from Prigozhin, okay? Now, I'm not sure that Prigozhin is long for this world, frankly. Well, I was going to ask you that uh, <laughs> next. He might find himself going out of a window from a 10th floor of a building. Well, that could be. Now, Judge, I kind of doubt it, although it's a fear that I have. Uh, this deal that was struck with the help of uh, Lukashenko in Belarus, uh, deals are deals, and Putin normally abides by them. I would probably think that Prigozhin has uh, got new orders to go down to Zambia and Africa and lead a detachment of Wagner down there to do whatever Wagner does down in deepest, darkest Africa. You, um, uh, you mentioned Prigozhin's angry uh, videos. We've all seen them. Was he speaking to the Russian people or was he speaking to terrified and impatient Russian troops? Well, I think he was speaking to everyone that would hear him, and that's everyone. Now, he had legitimate grievances. Uh, he complained that there was a lack of sufficient ammunition. Whoa, what's that all about? The next day, he had sufficient ammunition. <laughs> was the Ministry of Defense, as he charged, shortchanging him on the bullets and the rockets necessary? I believe that probably was the case. Was it to deprive him of a victory in Bakhmut? No, it was to deprive him from enough wherewithal to go into places like Rostov and cause an insurrection. I mean, 25,000 more uh, Wagner troops, they had the ability to do this, precisely what they tried to do. Uh, everyone was surprised that they actually did it. Uh, whether they were encouraged by, by people on the outside, I suspect they were, but uh, people on the outside not dumb enough to think this could have succeeded. So they play the game, ah, oh, Putin is now weakened, now he's weakened. There are, there are chips, there are cleavages, and, and he'll never, now he'll surely lose in Ukraine. David Sanger today or yesterday in the New York Times, give me a break. They're getting that from the CIA. The CIA wants this thing to continue and holds out this forlorn hope that Ukraine can win. If uh, CIA and MI6 were behind this, uh, in what form would their support have come? Cash to uh, Prigozhin, who's a billionaire? Uh, I think I mentioned before the arrow in the quiver of all intelligence agencies is to play on megalomania and to to address people who are profoundly uh, disappointed in the due respect that they have received. I think it's mostly a case of Prigozhin uh, sort of letting them know, hey, I'm going to do this. I expect some support from inside Moscow, of course. And, uh, you know, uh, what do you think? <laughs> now, um, agents are crawling, Western agents, MI6, CIA, crawling all over Ukraine. God knows what GS-15 said. Yeah, we'll give it a try. You know, give it a try. They reported back to headquarters. Said, yeah, they're going to try this. Okay, let's see what happens. The same thing happened when Nogin Ziem, president of Vietnam, was assassinated 
Kennedy didn't really know that. This was These were orders that came ostensibly from the State Department, but went down to the agent and told the, the does, Vietnamese guys to shoot. Does Prigozhin uh, represent or uh, typify Russian populists or right-wing Russian oligarchs unhappy with President Putin's patient management of the war? I think he's a sui generis. I think he's unique. Uh, he has this reputation, you know, whether it's deserved or not. I'm, I'm sure. I'm not sure he's the military strategist responsible for the for the appreciable victory in Bakhmut. But he has this reputation, and he thought he would play on it. He calculated miserably, and uh, you know, it's just, in my view. It's just a, a sign of how confident Putin feels in his own position that all he had to do is make a little speech, round up everybody else and say, forget about it, stop. Tell the people in Rostov, Andon, don't shoot this guy. We're going to turn him around. And Lukashenko is just a, kind of a, a middleman to, to make sure this thing works. So it, it's a big thing. I don't think it weakens Putin at all. I think it strengthens him. And I think this uh, Malcolm Nance, for God's sake, you know, see, I was watching CNN last night. My God, I, it's just really, really, even Blinken, what is he saying? There are, there are divides now, you know? Well, you know, the divides have been kind of closed. It was a fool's errand to begin with. And Putin showed his strength and the unanimous support of all the people who really count. In Here's um, the CIA's man in the State Department, Tony Blinken, yesterday. <laughs> We've seen this aggression against Ukraine become a strategic failure across the board. Russia is weaker economically, militarily. It's standing around the world has plummeted. It's managed to get Europeans off of Russian energy. It's managed to unite uh, and strengthen NATO with, with new members and a stronger alliance. It's managed to uh, alienate uh, from Russia and unite together Ukraine in ways that it, it's never been before. This is just an added uh, chapter to a very, very bad book that uh, Putin has written for Russia. Is any of that true? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I, I can't believe he keeps saying these things because they're going to be disproven within weeks. He said the same thing on Face the Nation to Margaret Brennan, you know. There are now cracks, real cracks. Well, that's crackpot. <laughs> There was a small sliver of a, you know, a little crack here, and it was put down, and now it's been closed, and signed, sealed, and delivered by all the people who matter in, in Russia, and Putin is enjoying this, this, this appreciable support. I mentioned uh, uh, Simonyan, Maria Simonyan, who heads up RT, but is also on Solovyov's prime talk show, okay? What she said that, what she said just... 10 hours ago, was, look, this is a masterstroke. Uh, this was no bloodshed. Now, that's not completely true, right? The other side says, well, there was bloodshed. There were 2022 helicopter pilots that were shot down. The Ministry of Defense is not going to put up with that. Well, I say the Ministry of Defense answers to Shoigu. Shoigu is prepared to put up with that for the larger good of the tamping this thing down and avoiding a civil war. I think that he's going he's gonna to make that stick on behalf of Putin. 
I don't see any. What, what was that one? It's cracks. Yeah, I don't see any cracks mm -hmm. except among the crackpots like Blinken and like this Malcolm Nance, who is so frequently on CNN. I have the book contrary, on him, but I won't go into it. Contrary to Secretary of State uh, Blinken, you said that this event or the the these these events uh, over the weekend have strengthened Putin. How has he strengthened? And when with well, whom is he strengthened? Is his government more stable? Is he personally uh, more popular? Are the troops more patient and loyal? Please address that. Sure. Well, there are two things. Uh, one is that his reaction, his typically circumspect and well-planned reaction, stage one, warn these guys, you're committing treason and mutiny, and then sending his lieutenants out to Rostov and saying, look, don't shoot this guy up. He's, he's gone bonkers. Let's make sure we don't shed a lot of unnecessary blood. So I think that betokens a confident Putin that can make these orders, make them stick, and work out a deal. Now, how it works out in the, in the medium or longer term, uh, there's an argument that can say, well, you know, uh, he looks a little weak. Uh, he only looked weak until he resolved the damn thing. And typically, he resolved it in a very conch, a, a very uh, thoughtful way. And I go with what uh, Simon Yan said. This was when he, he, he himself invoked the example of the civil war in Russia, 1917, 1921. Right. That was a bloodbath. They don't want that. They don't want anything like that. That's why they resolved it the way they did. Uh, this is the uh, 60th anniversary of one of the most famous uh, speeches in American history, um, almost forgotten because the speaker was uh, assassinated five months later and because his inaugural address uh, was so profound. But what was the message that JFK gave to the Russians in 1963 and to the American intelligence community at the same time? I remember well. I was uh, I had joined the CIA just two months before. He spoke at American University, and he shocked everyone. Uh, after the Cuban Missile Crisis, the previous September, we're talking June uh, 1963, he said, look, we ought to figure out how to get along without a nuclear holocaust. And for that, we have to change our method of thinking. We all inhabit the same earth. We all hope for the same things for our children. We need to get along, okay? The thing we need to avoid is to demonize the other side, but rather to consider them humans. And the worst thing we would do would be to give another nuclear power a painful choice between having to use nuclear weapons or to retreat. He had just been through that. He had forced Khrushchev to retreat. He didn't want to have to do that again, okay? That's where we are in Ukraine, folks. We are, we are about to face... Uh, the Russians are about to face a choice, okay? If we escalate any farther when Ukraine forces are completely decimated, then, then there will be a choice that will be forced on President Biden. You know, will he escalate to include nuclear weapons? Uh, you don't 
drive uh, a situation to the point where the choices between what JFK called a humiliating retreat, and for, for Biden that would be a political retreat, or, uh, or, or coming to a sensible re result. So it was also relevant. Uh, I, I came down to Washington because of what JFK said in my senior year, do something for your country. Uh, you know, I was pretty much devoted to the same ideals he was. And when I saw that the other people on the other side of the turnstile and in that Langley building where I used to work, when I realized that there was a nest of assassins in there, it was more than I could bear. And it wasn't until about 10 years ago that it came to the realization that he was killed, as Bobby Kennedy Jr. has said, by a deep state combination of the CIA, FBI, and other security services. Ray, God bless you for your uh, intellect and your courage and for your regular appearances here on Monday morning. What a pleasure. Thank you very much. My pleasure, Judge. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer at 11 o'clock this morning. Colonel Douglas McGregor at 2.45 this afternoon, both times uh, Eastern. More as we get it. Judge Napolitano for judging freedom.